0: Here's Dan Juma's corner from the near side, they try to flick, oh great finish, what a finish from Dom Solanke, a back flick at the near post into the bottom left corner, that's what you try on the training ground and doesn't often come off in matches, a moment of brilliance from Dominic Solanke and the Cherries have stunned the thousand into silence, seven minutes before half time. Hello and welcome to episode 97 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name is Sam Davis and on Saturday, AFCB travelled to Middlesbrough in the hope of maintaining their unbeaten streak this season. Later in the show, I'm joined by Jeff Hayward and we're going to go over our result at the Riverside. However, before I begin, I just wanted to say thank you so much to all the support we've had through our brief plea online via Twitter and Facebook to buy us a coffee. With that money, we can pay for our podcast hosting, our streaming software that we use for YouTube. We've also bought some new equipment, by the way, of an actual proper studio light so we can film in crap lighting conditions at long last. And... Over the course of the next few months, we're looking to get a decent camera and some proper mics for myself and Jeff. So if you feel as though you're in a position to help this free and unsponsored podcast, then head to afcbpodcast.com slash coffee. That's afcbpodcast.com slash coffee. We really appreciate your support. If you can't do that, then give us a review on your podcast app. We would truly appreciate it and we certainly know who you are. So coming up in this episode, we preview Man City on Thursday. And of course, after that, will be the the visit of Norwich on Sunday afternoon. But before that, we'll talk about the 1-0 draw against Borough, a result which was possibly fair, but we seemingly were the architects of our own downfall in this match. Plus, watching on TV, it's an uncomfortable experience, not least on Saturday when the audio was... Um, Let's say poor to say the least, but this constant watching on the box is, I think, sometimes diluting the intensity of our opinions. Because I'm actually quite surprised that the nature of our performance at the weekend wasn't met with a little bit more criticism. But alas, it seems we're all very chilled with it. Not so much myself and Jeff. Maybe it's too early to judge. Should we be happy to praise a point when we're poor? Not sure. Anyway, we'll both be discussing the joys and jeopardy of watching the cherries on TV. But first, as ever, let's do this. So in this week's Do You Remember, of course, with Norwich coming up on Sunday was originally going to be Friday. But for our fortune in the penalty shootout, it's now a few days later. So to go over some recent scrapes against the Canaries, what are the scores in the last three home matches in all competitions that we've had against Norwich? What were the scores in the last three home matches in all competitions that we've had against them? And for a cheeky bonus, what were the scores? We'll give you the answer at the end of the show. So, Jeff Hayward is now prepping his mic. Shall we get into this then? We're made for us. We're made to club We're made to Jeff Hayward, welcome. How are you doing?
1: Bit flat after yesterday.
0: Me too. Me too. And I don't I don't want to sound dramatic or negative, but um I think I'd have been annoyed had I gone up to Borough and seen that. Because but for the fortune of a deflected shot in the first half, we basically scraped a point. But what were your immediate thoughts with that result in mind this weekend?
1: Her immediate thoughts were, we are so much better than what we showed yesterday. And it reminded me a lot of some of the really um, flat and lifeless performances we put in last year. I was thinking about Watford away, Norwich at home, you know, those sorts of games where we're much better than the opposition, but we just don't bother to show it and and yeah it was it was weird particularly after so much uh positivity from the Blackburn game
0: yeah I th- I think I'm the same and I'm really on Twitter and I know it's very early to be negative and I don't want to come across negative in this podcast but I, I can only tell you how I'm feeling and we like to reflect all fans opinions on the free-for-all so we hope we've got um over a number of opinions this weekend but for me, whilst I'm okay with the result, I feel flat like you do at the performance. And I think it seems from reading Twitter and social media, I, it's almost like I'm in the minority by feeling a little annoyed by the showing at the Riverside. I think I think because we're all having our dinner by half five with our feet up watching Strictly, I think no one seems to be as fussed. And there are even a few people out there that are heralding a point against Borough. But I can't help but feel, even at this early stage, it's two points dropped against a side that, let's face it, just two months ago, they were celebrating beating Reading to ensure championship safety. Am I being too negative here, Jeff?
1: I don't think you are. How how uh, many games have Borough won this year? Uh, barely any, I think, at home. And they're a, they're a classic Neil Warnock side that... Um, play for set pieces they lump the ball forward very directly Sombalonga is uh, route one football personified Uh, have they got any creativity have they got any anything that could scare us no Uh, did we did we recognise that and actually dominate the game like we ought to have done Absolutely not. And I think that was what was so disappointing about it, that they had, they had nothing and and we made them uh, look good. Actually, no, what they had was they had hard running. They pressed us whenever we had the ball. They had loads of energy and uh, a long ball. And that was it.
0: Yeah. And they had a bit of motivation from those 1000 fans, of course. But I mean, there's a, you know, I understand the need to be patient. And I suppose, I suppose maybe I'm a being a bit knee jerk in my negativity, but I'm just very intolerant at the basics not being adhered to. Now, yes, a point when playing not well, many people are saying it's a good thing. But that's what happened at the start of last season. And as you said just earlier, Jeff, yesterday's performance f- for me, it resembled a lot of what we saw 13 months ago. But unlike then, I don't think we have the excuse that there are new players that we are sort of introducing into the mix. The squad's the same. It's not like we're introducing new players like Phil Billing and Harry Wilson into the mix and, you know, a new goalkeeper by the way of Rambo or fawn-like personnel like Chris Meppam and Diego Rico that haven't had many minutes. These these are players who effectively, you know, they cut their cloth in the Premier League and they've been in and around the squad for a sustained period of time. And ones that should be used to high intensity football but at times yesterday I felt like formations aside of course they're still learning the 3-4-3 three, three. there were many times where the basics of just holding the ball up controlling passing defeat it wasn't happening.
1: You're right um, I think there were also some other important things that were lacking yesterday that, that were missing from much of last season. Leadership we, we missed that a lot last year, and I didn't see a lot of that on the pitch yesterday. I didn't see a lot of um, winning the second ball. I didn't see a lot of actual passion and enjoyment. You know, even when we scored, you know, you watch the players go over to Solanke, it was almost like, you know, so what? And, you know, where's, where's, the, where's the sort of desire From all 11, you know, there was some players show it in patches, and I don't want to be entirely negative or overcritical, but it's those sort of uh, key emotions that that the team needs to actually get beyond being average to dominating teams and winning games. And they should have, they were so much better player for player than Borough yesterday. but but yet failed to show it. And that is so disappointing.
0: I think uh, you hit the nail on the head, even when Solanke scored. It just didn't seem to have, it was almost like we were going through the motions. And I said that uh, on last week's uh, podcast, it was almost like a training game at time. And whilst I am coming across maybe a bit negative, we are learning a new formation. And of course, whilst it takes time to perfect the 3-4-3 three, three. Um, and of course each and every opposition they are going to play to counter our 3-4-3 three, three in you know numerous ways and i found that yesterday though we barely gave ourselves a chance at times uh i think middlesbrough were uh, pressing high and they were matching the formation throughout large parts of the game but it doesn't matter on the formation we were we were technically poor so it didn't matter whether we played 3-4-3 three, 5-3-2 three, three, or I mean you two six one one or whatever, when you have such a high amount of misplaced passes and balls are you bouncing off shins and just a lack of care and attention on the ball. We just gave Middlesbrough the the well, the sort of impetus or the confidence to out football us. They had more possession and they had double the shots and that itself, I think, speaks volumes, doesn't it, Jeff?
1: And and again, as we talked about a lot last year, we have that issue of are we actually as good as we think we are? And we forget that we've got to show it. You know, we talked a lot about the word complacency last week and they needed a right kick up the backside at halftime to to come out and take the game to Blackburn. But yesterday it it was the same sort of behaviour, really, just a bit lacklustre and a bit kind of yeah well we're good enough to win this all we need to do is turn up and and taking the lead kind of then sitting on it you know we're better than a just enough Bournemouth
0: yeah, uh, that's right. And uh, yeah, I'm not even sure it was the formation that was the problem. I just think that we could have been so much more considered on the ball, not trying to pump aimless balls into channels, not assuming the player you're passing to can, you saying, bolt it up the line, just a ball to feet, um, holding up the ball before you flick it on, little things that give possession and momentum, you know, to the opposition. Now, uh, you know what, I, I really find it frustrating and I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll broach this at some point later on on the podcast around not being able to watch and be vocal in front of the team. Because I think a lot of us would have been vocal yesterday. But because we were watching on a stream, which was, you know, p- poor mm. to say the least, um, yep. you know, yesterday you could hear the Borough fans. They were getting on top of the ref. They were, you know, a thousand fans were baying at every, you know, every free kick and every like niggly thing that we did and it has an impact. And I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm actually finding the whole experience really frustrating at the moment watching from home. I don't know about you. It's almost, it's almost uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. The, the, the thousand fans definitely had an impact on the referee. I mean, we gave away 20 fouls and about 16 of those were, you know, touching a Borough player and then fell over, uh, which yeah. was incredibly frustrating to watch the referee, I thought, was weak in that sort of scenario. You know, they they they, they recognised that the ref was going to give a free kick if they got touched and fell over. So they just did it ad nauseam in that second half. And it was irritating beyond belief. And they got under our skin. Um, and yet, you know, for all their possession, for all their free kicks, for all their lumping the ball forward for a Longa to run the channels, we, we never looked like we were going to concede a goal, did we? And yet... There we are, 80th minute,
0: Um, and yeah. Yeah, you know what, I think you're right. We're going to have to learn and learn quickly how to scrap in this league because Blackburn and Middlesbrough, they are not the most difficult teams in this league, and we have made a meal out of trying to get results against them, and even at this early stage, it actually worries me. And, you know, know, look, to their credit, Borough knew how to break up play and stop the flow of the game by, as you said they dropped like flies when they needed to. And to be fair, they were actually unlucky not to win the game. But let's be fair, they bossed us at times, bossed us, because in terms of their shots and also their possession. And I'm just a bit concerned. I know it's very early days, but we could we could become unstuck and get unstuck really, really quickly in this league. And I just hope that unlike last season, that's just a one-off performance and we go back to basics and just start to do the essentials right. Because... um You know that performance was poles apart from, for instance, our Betway Cup match against West Ham, wasn't it?
1: Well, if you're looking for a carbon copy of how to beat us, then you're going to do what Borough did, which is play the channels, get lots of free kicks, lump it into the box, put us under pressure, don't give us any time on the ball in your own half but make sure that we're we're trying to play pretty patterns in our half where we're much more likely to mess it up as we did a lot yesterday I mean we gave so much soft possession back to them in our half um and and I think that sort of physical um physical game where you don't actually pass the try and pass the ball through our midfield you just try and bypass it will actually get results against us if we're not careful and 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 by being careful, actually we need to play we need to play with much more purpose and energy and and actually play the football in their half and stay switched on. I mean, awful, awful defending from that throw-in. You know, where first of all we give the ball away cheaply for the throw in. Secondly, nobody's picking up the guy, you know, we don't we just turn off. They they would they tried quick Throw-ins and corners in the first half, and we were we should have been awake to that. The defensive line was badly organised. That ball comes into the box. Where's Adam Smith? Yeah, where where where's Cook and and uh, Kelly? You know, there's no shape to that back five.
0: It reminded me very much of, uh, in some ways, the the fourth goal that Liverpool scored against Barcelona, where they took that quick corner, and you know, Barcelona you know, one of the best teams in the world, were not ready. And even the cameraman wasn't even ready because he only just flipped on from the replay onto the live shot as the ball was hit in the back of the net. So uh, we didn't really know what was going on, but um, it was Brown who scored the header. But, you know, we'll, we'll sort of go through the game chronologically shortly. But it, it was, you can't say it wasn't coming. And uh, there no. were numerous signs in that match where, uh, you know, Borough were strong. Uh, very good possession and a number of dangerous positions. Um, Although, albeit at first, they didn't pose too much of an issue. Um, In terms of our team that we fielded, I think most of it was pretty much standard. I think, you know, Begovic or Travers, it was going to be one of those two. And after Begovic's performance in the Cup, he obviously gave it to him. Um, The defence was, you know, probably as expected. And then in the middle, it was going to be Lerma and someone. Um, you know maybe Billing maybe Cook maybe Gosling he went for Gosling and then up front um, Stanislas had you know picked up a a knock or you know to my surprise so uh, it was Brooks that uh, filled in Dan Juma and Solanke and it was the aforementioned Solanke that helped us take the lead and you know it was one of our brighter spells of the match where we sort of we were playing football in their half. We were looking very confident. Brooks had the time to turn and manufacture a shot on his weaker side, forced the corner. And there was momentum. And, you know, soon after that, Dan Juma took a corner to the near post. It, it could have been off the training ground, not too sure, but you know, Solanke made the run. He got a touch on it, but whether it was going in or not, I don't know, but, it obviously, cannoned in off the Middlesbrough player's leg and into the net. And you know, from one angle, it looks a great goal. Um, but we took the lead, and at that point in time, you're thinking we need to push on from that. But we didn't. We didn't,
1: and that's
0: that. Going
1: ahead was probably um, the worst thing that could have happened to us in that game. I mean, just be, just before half time, you think, well. Uh, surely that's a good time to score actually what it did was it just uh the middlesbrough team talk was full of you know we've got a chance in this we keep keep playing the way we're playing keep pressing them because they haven't got much we will get back into this would have been their team talk our team talk would have been uh well we scored the goal so actually let's it almost felt let's sit back you know let's let's sit back and try and hit them on the break and um, I think we we conceded far too much possession and momentum to them in that second half. You know, they they started getting the fans behind them. They started just lumping the ball into the box. There were a couple of. Uh, should we talk about Begovic? I mean, is he who he, we've now created a goalkeeping problem because if by switching out Travers for Begovic, we've now got two goalkeepers who I think will be lacking in confidence after yesterday because there's two two dodgy bits of goalkeeping from Beckridge, and you know the impact that gives to the opposition if they think hang on a minute that goalkeeper can't catch the ball.
0: Yeah, that's right and there were uh, you know a number of decisions that in hindsight you look back and you're thinking well you know Dan Gosling he he he's got a purpose in the squad but you needed I think you know Lerma and Cook so far have been doing well when they've been paired together because you know Lewis Cook he can spread the ball left and, and right but he can also drive forward with the ball and be a bit dynamic with it. Um, I'm not saying he's the perfect midfielder but I, I just think in hindsight he would have looked better. And as you say, you know, Asmir Begovic, I mean, one free kick that it did swerve last minute and yeah the ball did end up in the back of the net. I don't know if one or both of those players were offside but thankfully, uh, that went for mm. us. But when you see a goalkeeper. Make those sort of mistakes. No wonder they were crossing the ball into the box as quickly as they could, as demonstrated by the goal they scored.
1: Yeah, and, and I think part of, part of the problem with not playing Lewis Cook is that uh, the, the, the creativity becomes the responsibility of Brooks and Dan Juma in that setup yesterday. And I think they were receiving the ball too much in our half you know, we, we, we end up playing like um, we invite the opposition onto us because we don't have a guy in the, in the middle who can creatively spread the ball and, and create space in their half. Um, And it, and it, it felt at times we were playing like, I don't know, seven players, eight players, nine players in our half against a team that had no real creativity in their locker. And, it it concedes just the the sort of authority to boss the game to the opposition when they don't haven't earned it and, and you know they should be more afraid of us than we were of them and it and i just thought we were passive and it invited them onto us
0: mm and I think more energy was needed in the middle of the park, because Lerman and Gosling I think were they, they were quite static really, and the substitutions that were made Jason Tindall in previous interviews has said you know um i don't feel comfortable with a one 0 we need to outscore the opposition and he himself said that in so i can't remember the exact sentence he used, but he wants to make sure that we win games and play that brand of football that you know that always entertain us during the championship season and uh But the substitutions didn't lend themselves to that. Stacey went off and Rico came on, fair enough. But then Dan Juma off and billing on. Now, maybe that demonstrates the lack of depth we've got, really, because in an ideal world, it would have been maybe Stanislas for Dan Juma. But it isn't. Uh, He didn't want to bring on Sam Surridge straight away. So we almost had to change our formation based on the lack of depth that we've got, which I don't think we should be in those positions. And it just demonstrates our need for you know, getting some signings ASAP. I think even Mark Pugh would have done a good job, certainly in terms of ball retention. He would have been a hell of a lot better. So we changed our shape after that to almost a sort of 3-5-1-1. One, one, and Rico comes on and almost forges a chance straight away for Dom Solanke. And it was some good running off the ball that basically opened it up for him. But there's a striker that's got too much time to think. And it was a really that was very poor, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, I mean, that was the best bit of football we put together in the game. Probably probably aside from that Brooks chance in the first half, but that that showed what we're capable of. You know, quick zingy passes, create space, and Solanke should score. He hits it way too close to the keeper, and I think, yeah, you're right, he had too much time. That that from a, a, a striker who's playing with a bit of confidence, and you know he, he did he did do well Dom yesterday. Yeah, he did. Um, so I don't want to be too harsh, but that uh, that kills the game if he net, if he nets it, and it was the clearest chance of the match. Should have scored.
0: Yeah, but we got punished and as we've gone over quick throw, launched into the box and Adam Smith, I mean, he was caught on his heels, wasn't he? And oh, uh, boy, you know, really yeah. should have done better with that.
1: Yeah, it, it was poor. I mean, the, the, the first of all, the, the ball comes from a long way out and should never, he should never have the opportunity to stick that in. I think the midfield misses out by closing him down. I don't think the ball should even uh, get to, uh, get to Brown because um there's a sort of a, a, a somber longer, and Mepham have a, a sort of tussle and miss it. But, but Cook or Kelly needs to be in front of the, of Mepham to, to stop the ball going through in the first place. And Adam Smith is, I mean, it was a litany of errors. And um, yeah, I mean, this is really disappointing. However, however, it gets to 1-1 exactly like last week. We suddenly realise, you know what, we're better than they are. We should play really well. And what happens next, Sam? Hmm. <laughs> yeah two yeah. chances, and we still should win that
0: game yeah I mean that lema had a you know should have been better and yeah you know we had a couple of chances late on and Sam Surridge came on um you know to good effect he added some energy and I thought that um you know he looked good when he came on and i I really would like to see him have more minutes, but maybe the match against man City um will provide him with that we're not too sure but yeah it ended one all and I checked the Twitter timeline and I'm feeling really, you know, really disappointed. Had I traveled, I'd feel, I'd feel a hell of a lot worse for sure. And I think a lot of football fans were, but you know, like we're at home, we can put on the dinner, we can get in our gym jams. Uh, It's almost like the intensity of football has been diluted in the intensity of our emotions. And that's what I'm really struggling, um, you know, to deal with at the moment. Now, Let's go through a few of the players that were on the field yesterday. We've talked about Begovic. I think Brooks was a bit off the pace, Dan Juma, not as effective as previously. You know, D- you know, Dom Solanke, I thought, had a good game, but albeit just needs to be more clinical. What about Lloyd Kelly yesterday, Jeff? Because there's some, some people saying that he, he didn't have the greatest of performances.
1: No, he was a bit sloppy in possession. I mean, he conceded, conceded possession a number of times where he's trying to be too cute. Um I think there's a difference between between playing with arrogance and being too casual and I I think we need we we have skillful players who are good on the ball. Yes, yes you need to to be confident on the ball, but sloppy. We were so sloppy yesterday and I'm sorry but Lloyd Kelly had one of those games where he just gave it up too easily and they pressed him really well and made him look, you know, uh, uh, off the pace.
0: Hmm. Yeah. But, you know, despite our uh, relatively poor result, we are third in the league, is it? Or, well, we fourth yeah. or something. We've got four points where, you know, I think, you know, alphabetical like order pretty much determines our place because Watford the same and they're down in eighth or whatever. But I don't know. I just, I just feel a little aggrieved at that performance when, uh, you know, man for man, you know we're better. However, um, you know, to get a point on the road, Maybe it's a good thing. I I don't quite know. And this was the first match, of course, that we played in front of um, a load of fans, wasn't it? So 1,000 fans. And I don't know if you were watching the stream, Jeff. I mean, obviously it was... It was watchable but unlistenable for the first twenty minutes or so, whilst oh, yeah. uh, awful, awful commentary problems, which apparently are down to the problems with the stream provider rather than AFCB themselves. I'm sure a lot of people will be complaining and uh, you know clamouring for a free match pass after that. I'm sure, but um, in terms of you know what we were watching, it was um, I don't know for me it was it was pretty poor and. I just i I don't want us to have a similar situation to last season where we have a false league position that doesn't necessarily tally with the performances that we're saying on the pitch, but I'm saying this only as someone who's lived through last season, which was uh you know one of our most painful seasons in a long time um hopefully it won't be the case, hey,
1: yeah, we play better when we play with much more energy and uh, that's what. JT, Stephen Purchase need to get across to the players. We you know, I want to see some pressing. Where where we're much better than the opposition, let's press them a bit more. Let's let's put them under pressure. Let's get on the front foot. Let's actually take the game to them and prove, show, demonstrate that we are better, because that is what we need to do in this league. You know, we need to boss other teams and not Let them think, oh, yeah, soft Southerners, we can we can get a result here. Mm.
0: And did you notice during the stream, as I was about to mention, uh, the camera constantly panned to the fans? Uh, But, you know, it's not like in a football match they... You know, they sort of take note of the ebb and flow of the game. And when there's a controversial moment or a point of interest, they'll pan to the fans to see their reaction. It was almost like they were making a point of fans being you know, back in the ground. And I mean, they might as well have been painted on the seats during the first half, but they got a bit of vocal during the second half, didn't they? And they were baying at nearly every decision. And I'm sure they make a difference. So we're all wondering, when the hell can we go back to Dean Court?
1: Yeah, when I mean the sooner the better. I think there's 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 definitely an advantage in playing in front of even even a small number of fans. And I mean, get get a thousand in the in the vitality, and I I think it will make a huge difference to the players. The players need to feel that emotion from from the fans. Because uh, it certainly helped Middlesbrough, you know, they they I thought that they wouldn't be able to keep their energy levels up for the entire game. And, you know, credit to them. You know, they did that. They did what they needed to do. They put a real shift in yesterday and and got their result as a as a result.
0: Now, one thing that I just want to point out is on our YouTube channel, we had a comment from a guy called David. He said the Barra fans weren't as loud as we could have been because of strict rules we had to follow one of the rules being is that you're not allowed to sing stroke start chance or you could get kicked out it was a very strange match day experience but I'm not being funny I heard chanting at one all did you yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so I don't think any of them if they're going to be kicked out will be watching borough again who knows I, I you know I think it's just they set the bar at a particular level hoping that there's not going to be you know, maybe they'll be met halfway, but, uh, you know, fair play. I mean, I hope the Borough fans that actually went to watch the game enjoyed being able to experience it once again. I've got to say I'm very jealous, and I did just yeah, briefly want to talk about the disconnection, Jeff between the fans and the game, because I, I must admit I'm actually falling out of love with the game quite a bit, and it, you know what? It's hard to admit that. I mean, I talk about it on YouTube all the time, on the podcast all the time, and there are people that, will WhatsApp me about football. And I'm actually just not really interested anymore. And I, it's hard to admit that, but I just feel as though the reality of the game is being lost whilst we're watching on TV. And I just think the stream issues that we had on Saturday just exemplify that, really. I know we can't do anything about it, and, you know, it is what it is. But I don't know, it just feels so crap, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's not... Great at all the the disconnect. I mean, yesterday, you know, if, if uh, it, Chris Temple is uh, somebody I idolise, obviously, but when he starts talking like a Dalek for twenty minutes, you know, it it's awful, and that that was terrible. I, th- I thought just the lack of any sort of um, engagement really with the game you know, at half time that that streaming service. I mean you get the game, which is which is fine, but oh, it was flat. And then then to you want to be shouting at the referee to get, you know, to get some sort of redress against these idiot decisions he was making yesterday. And you can't, and it's it's really it's it, it, it feels like some, something's got to change. Um, and um, we 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 need we need football coming back because it ain't much fun at the moment mm. and it's certainly not much fun watching it through a stream like that in fact i think next week we're on are we on sky or bt with the norwich game
0: no uh we were so uh b- b- because we progressed in the you know what it's a sickener really for the club and for fans so By beating Crystal Palace, the third round match against Manchester City would be scheduled to happen on the Thursday. Um, Therefore, the match that we were originally going to have against Norwich on the Friday... That had to be moved to the Sunday. Now, there was me thinking, oh, maybe they'll shift the television as well. They haven't. Um, Huddersfield also are playing on that Friday night. So they've basically transferred that £100,000, not to Bournemouth, um, but they will get the money for that. Um, We got £7,000 for actually progressing, by the way. So, you know, big woo. We've lost £93,000. But also the season ticket holders for AFC Bournemouth were originally going to get that match for free. And now they don't. So now they're having to pay £10 to watch Manchester City, a match that wasn't originally going to take place. And now another £10 to watch the Norwich match. So basically fans are £20 worse off and the club is down £93,000. Um, we should have thrown that penalty out, Jeff, shouldn't we? We should have done. We should have. I mean, we tried. We tried. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we gave it a good go. You know, Asmir did his best, but it's uh, hard for Hennessy. Blaster over the bar. Anyway, um... Tell you what, though, Jeff? Whilst we're moaning, still we haven't got VAR and bloody hell, what an awful weekend it's been for VAR. Have you seen some of these absolutely ridiculous handball decisions that we go? Oh,
1: uh, I, I feel so I feel sorry for West Ham fans, and that's not something I say often, but I mean, <laughs> they were robbed yesterday. And they wasn't there an offside in one of those Arsenal goals as well that wasn't picked up for some strange reason, so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, the VAR becomes the talking point again. It's not the technology that's the problem; it's the people interpreting it. You know, that's that's the issue we've got. I mean, uh, I think Daniel Story said, didn't he, that uh, the the quality of the refereeing in the championship ain't that great, and we we saw that yesterday. But we also see that the quality of officiating in the in the Premier League is just. Poor. Just, yeah, so
0: poor. <laughs> and handball, no one really knows what handball is now. and It just seems to have to touch the hand. And uh, even Matt Holland was tweeting on Sunday uh, saying, you know, that was never handball. It was Saints got a penalty in there, 5-2 defeat. And, oh, I don't know. We we just don't really know. Uh, you know, I really hope that VAR doesn't come into the championship. But even, um, even Man United v Palace, I was watching that so on Saturday afternoon. And one of the penalties that Palace had, had to be retaken. And it was because yeah. De Gea was millimetres off his line. And I would have thought that the, the fact that the penalty is going to be retaken, surely it should be done in exactly the same circumstances with the same personnel. Like the original penalty taker should be retaking it, but it wasn't. It was Zaha. Uh-huh. And I for me, if a penalty is going to be retaken, Surely you retake it with the same player that was originally taking it, but no, not the case. As stepped up, scored, and I mean, to be fair, it was a deserved Palace win anyway. Three one, Man United were absolutely dog, but um, just you know, just another one of football's inconsistencies that um, has yet to land our feet in the championship.
1: Yeah the, the the game the game is sort of losing its heart and soul and has done over the last season for me, and and with uh, the the pandemic and everything that goes with it you know it's not easy we should be grateful i suppose that we've still got some something to mo- moan about yeah. going on but um i think i think what uh, what uh, somebody somebody said to me last week jeff you need to smile more i want to smile more i do but it's just nothing really that's that's given me a great deal to smile about and you know I want to see us playing with Verve and I want to see some excitement because we need it at home. <laughs> you need to get passionate and enthusiastic about it. and So come on, boys, you know, step it up a bit.
0: I, I think it's almost the case of... Um... I can only imagine this not being a father myself but when you're playing your son at tennis or whatever he's like 10 years old you're sort of putting in some effort and you're just doing enough you know just to beat him <laughs> if you're a competitive dad that is you know that actually wants to win you're just doing what's required but I just and that's what it seemed to be that we were doing against Blackburn we we weren't playing 100% we were just playing at you know 75% and yesterday we weren't even at 75 and yet we managed to get a result thankfully playing pretty poorly which on the grand scheme of things is good but you know maybe it's a mentality thing we need to go full throttle at these teams and have these fast starts that we used to in the championship and actually blow teams over within the first 30 minutes and it's something we know we've got the capability to do but sadly we're just we're letting other teams dictate the game a little bit too much and we're just then doing what's required to overcome them but yesterday we ran out of time because it was a late equaliser and as JT initially said we needed to score two and three and then it doesn't matter so much but when we've only got one nil lead then it's tricky and we were punished yesterday
1: we were and I, I, I think watching the after match interviews um, Dan Gosling he knows it Jason Tindall knows it you know that was two points dropped we can't afford to be so ineffective in games when we are um, so much the stronger team, we've got to go out and prove it. You know, put put a marker down. If if you are capable of beating a team by three goals, go out and prove it. You know, you can't just you can't just sit back and expect it to happen. You've got to make it happen.
0: This is Mark Pugh, the foodie footballer, and you're listening to Back of the Net. So Jeff's going to be back later in the show he's just gonna take a break for a moment later on in the show of course we're going to preview the Man City match and as for Norwich well we'll preview it on YouTube but we'll probably leave it for the podcast because we we want to do one thing at a time don't we now after each and every game we do a fans free for all on YouTube to give some supporters a chance to have their instant say as the final whistle blows and these were some of the thoughts from this weekend
1: Okay, so the game. Yeah. Interesting. It was a um, tough one to call. I thought that um, the start of the game, very balanced, nothing much in it in terms of possession-wise. Middlesbrough had a few uh, shots in. Obviously, uh, the stats now, what, 18 shots to 10? Come on, we've got to be having more chances. Uh, the, the goal itself, pretty much simple, slanky, doing smart there, doing really good stuff there. And um, I was just thinking... Um, was it worth billing actually playing? Because he didn't really bring anything. I mean, mm. lanky legs, like, I'm six foot three and I know what it's like to be a really tall footballer. And come on, stick around like that. That's nah, nah.
0: <laughs> complacent.
1: We were really, really complacent today. Our passing accuracy at 59% is dire and <laughs> that that was way down on what we've been doing, which is well over 70%, and that's a lack of care on the ball, and that's a lack of concentration. Uh, Brooksy, apart from his one effort, was anonymous. Goza, Smithy, Kelly, all misplacing passes, and that has got to sharpen up a lot. Um, they were a really poor side, Borough. I mean... Like you said, no real care shown in that performance like we did against, you know, Blackburn and Palace and West Ham. But, you know, Solanke, I think we do need to invest in a new striker, definitely. Mm. Because I don't think Solanke, he'll probably score us about eight goals this season if he keeps mirroring, missing those clear-cut chances. But a point a yep. point like he said... You know, if we want to try and get a promotion, we need to, you know, scrape these one point, scrape these like points against Barrow and stuff.
0: I agree with the uh, what Vin said about the passing. It was either it was either too it was either too cute or too ambitious. Where we had, yeah, we were, we were kind of in two minds whether or not to play long balls forward or kind of trying to pin little balls out to try to try to try to uh, come out from from being hemmed in and. It just seemed like we weren't able to either keep possession either. So um, I, I thought, yeah, I thought I, I agree with Keith on Solanke. I thought he actually had a decent game. I think other than, yeah, we, we missed the, the uh, clear cut chance in the second half, but he did score the goal. Um, and uh, other than that, I, other than that, I think the Brooks uh, chance was the only one that I can remember where we actually had a clear, a clear chance on goal, which that was a great save by Nelly, but that was uh, that was about it. I think I count three chances.
1: Uh, I think we got an insight into what our season might be like, um, especially with this 3-4-3 formation. Like we said, it's not always going to be perfect, and and it's not always going to be we're not always going to be able to play it like we want to play it. And I think that highlighted today. Um, I thought the tempo was set by Middlesbrough, um, and they were comfortable with that. Um, we were poor in possession. Like um, Keith and Tom have said, and yourself, um, we've seen Dom Zolanke in and the thing we've highlighted potentially what type of striker he's going to see today. Um, so I think this has highlighted a lot of what we've already discussed and potentially fought um, in, in today's game. Yeah, probably about right. I mean, if I was a, saying that, if I was a Middlesbrough fan, I'd be thinking they, they, you know, they had enough chances to be a three. They had quite a few shots from a distance as well. Uh, and and they're not the first team to have done that against us. I don't know if that's a a championship thing, but I'm seeing a lot more of that than we were in the Premier League. Have people scouted us and think that that's a way to score a goal, or is it we just leave too much space in in terms of defenders leaving a path through?
0: Brilliant to have some opinion there. And also... A new face as well, and if you fancy getting involved, whether you're a boy, girl, woman, man, whatever, get involved. Just go to afcbpodcast.com slash take part. As soon as the final whistle goes... And uh, we will welcome you with open arms to give your opinion about the last Cherries match. We're not doing it for the Man City match because otherwise I would be doing this thing all the time. But we will after Norwich City. So that will be a six o'clocker given that the match is uh, 4pm. So why not join us? If you always listen and think I disagree with what you're saying, Sam, wouldn't surprise me if you do. Do take part. It's afcbpodcast.com forward slash take part. So... Next up for Cherries it's the team that we've never beaten for bloody ages. Have we even beaten them at all? Anyway, it's Man City. Boo hiss boo. So, Jeff Crystal Palace then. Uh, We managed to beat them on pens and we have got the joys of Manchester City. What on earth should we do? I've got no idea.
1: I I think he he probably will go with a similar sort of team. A lot of young players, a a mixture of uh, the first teamers will probably get a game. I think what's going to be more interesting is what the heck are Manchester City going to do? Because they've got Wolves on... uh, Tuesday night, I think. Is it Monday or Tuesday night? Which is, you know, going to be a tough first game for them. And then after us, a couple of days later, they've got Leicester. That is not going to be a walk in the park. So what's Pep going to do? He's going to play as reserve, surely. And I think this is likely to be our best chance for beating Manchester City, whether it's on penalties, 11-10, or whether it's in the match itself. I think... We've got a chance, you know, this this City team is going to have their eye on other fixtures, I think.
0: Will this be a good chance for Josh King to come back into contention? Because obviously he missed this match and he wants to be showcased um, against teams where he could do some damage. He's obviously wanting to be signed by a Premier League side. Why not field him against a Premier League side? Yeah,
1: definitely. definitely. And if you look at what we missed in that game against Middlesbrough, it was somebody with uh, a bit of dog about them up front to run the channels and stretch the game. And we didn't have that at all. So let's, let's give Josh a go and, and see what he can do. I think absolutely he's in contention. I think a um, couple of the players who came on as subs, I think Rico's probably in contention this time. I think Lewis Cook's definitely in contention to, he's got a point to prove. Yeah. Um, I think Sam Soridge will probably he might play 4-4-2, you know. Who knows? It's gonna be it's gonna be a really um mixed bag of a team from us and a, a very mixed bag of a team from them, I'd say.
0: Yeah, uh and I think you will, you know, chuck in a bit of youth to give them the experience. But um, you know, you've got to say that there are certain players that I mean, maybe Stanislas can come back, you know, get a few minutes under his belt, maybe Josh King can. You know, you look at the players that, you know, we could put out there and we, you know, we could put a decent side out there. Um, And formation wise, that's going to be one of the uh, ones that I think is going to be fairly interesting because unlike in the Premier League, I don't think we'll be having formation changes every week. The Championship, we are one of the better sides. So I think we'll probably stick with a, a tried and trusted formation for most of the season and if we do that hopefully you know we can gain some momentum and players will know how to play whereas in the Premier League sometimes we were you know we were shifting there were some games we played five at the back against Man City and you know usually it was a 4 but you know Eddie Howe tinkered with a few you know, different formations I think this is one of the only games this season whereby you know we will see a departure from the 3-4-3 um, and it will probably go to having almost a flat back five I I don't quite know, but what's the mentality ahead of this, Jeff? Is it one where we just play as well as we can and see what we can do? Or, you know, JT? surely not going to be going into this match thinking we can win it.
1: Well, let's see, you know. I mean, we we have a chance. I think you look at the next round and correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, but isn't it Millwall in the next round? I mean, what's the fixtures already lined up, isn't it? So
0: Millwall or... can't remember who Burnley or something maybe I I think it might be Millwall Burnley I seem to remember not too sure about that.
1: which you've got to think well that's that's a winnable game too and and you know who knows we could be in the the business end of the Carabao Cup without actually you know having having really done a lot to to get there and yeah you know do we get a place in Europe Sam (laughs) <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? It could it could be there. The elusive the elusive cup victory could be there from the championship.
0: <laughs> Who knows? Do you, we'll, do you think we'll be seeing Nathan Ake fielded for this one, or do you think he'll be rested? I,
1: I, I think think um, I think we will. It um, it's pretty clear that City are going to. Um, they're going to come into the season a little bit under undercooked. You know, they've got that game against Wolves first up, which will be a challenging one for them. Uh, if they... They bought Ake to uh, add some solidity with Laporte in that centre of defence. Um, if he doesn't play against Wolves, he's definitely going to play against us, I'd say.
0: So... Oh, you know what? I do, we haven't done these predictions in quite a while. I mean, obviously, there's been the Super Six as well. We've all been having our say, and I must say, I'm doing pretty poorly in that. Um, what is your prediction for the result of this one, Jeff? Seven six. <laughs> what on pens or on penalties? Yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think probably it, it might be another nil nil, a one one, but I, I think it. I can see it going to pens again.
0: Are you joking? No, I'm not. I, no, i not. I actually I actually do have a, a weird feeling <laughs> that we're gonna beat. Wow. I right, I'm gonna go for a 2-0 Man City. Um hopefully it will be a good game. Um we will see how it goes. Brilliant. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for your input today. I uh, certainly appreciate it. No problem. And uh if you wanna have some thoughts are we being too negative? We possibly are. We would love to know what you think. Uh, let us know. Uh, you, you can score the team out of 10. Maybe score me and Jeff out of 10 because I think some people will be giving us a 2 or 3 today. Not really sure. But anyway, have the cherries. Hi, this is the Biggin, Steve Fletcher, and you're listening to Back of the Net. So there we go. Manchester City on Thursday and then Norwich on the Monday. Final plea. If you can give this podcast a review, we would really appreciate it. And if you've not subscribed already, check out our YouTube channel. Just search for Back of the Net Bournemouth as we're putting loads of content on there during the week. And hopefully, I've suggested this to a couple of people, we can have an exile special with people from different parts of the globe. So I've I've chatted to Sean Barker, ex-host Of Back of the net to try to get some people from down under and also uh, David Caldell's interested in doing something for Cherry's stateside. Now, speaking of Cherry's stateside, um, a contributor of the free-for-all at the weekend, Chase MacDonald. I met him actually in the concourse at Turf Moor last season in our horror show against Burnley. Well, it wasn't particularly our horror show. The refs had an absolute nightmare. Well, VAR did. He's launched a new podcast called Cherry's Stateside. If you check out our Twitter stream, that's twitter.com forward slash AFCB podcast. One of our last tweets, we actually retweet their link. So do have a listen. As Chase is on that and he's looking to get as many people across the pond involved to give their view on all things AFC Bournemouth. The podcast is called Cherry's Stateside. We're always keen on uh, promoting other podcasts, of course. I don't know whether the Up the Cherries podcast is going to be about this season. They've been active on Twitter, but also do give that a listen as well. But as for us, well, we're always here, aren't we? And we're doing it again next week. And like I said earlier in the show, sometimes I find it really difficult to get motivated in terms of matches that I can't even go to. But hopefully uh, Back of the Net will continue to provide a platform for as long as we can. I read on Vitals, I think it was Dave Jennings, put a message on saying that it's unlikely that Bournemouth are going to apply for putting on a trial or test event until at least after half-term in October. So, isn't anything to do with the schools, that's just the kind of time we're looking at, so late October. I really hope we can do that, because you know what, a 1,000 fans in the Vitality would make a difference. At the Riverside, it sounded really echoey. What's it, 34,000, 34 half In terms of our capacity, 11, and a half or whatever, 1,000. That could make a difference. So, I really hope we can get there, and whoever is successful... In the ballot, well, fair play to you, and uh, if I can't go, we'll get someone vlogging and talking about it, someone who can go. But um, yeah, it was great to have fans back, just um, hope that this virus can be, well, quashed as soon as possible, and we can get back to watching football, because yeah, I must admit, it's um, it's very soulless at the moment, and doing all this Zoom stuff, I'm, I'm Zoomed out, and you know what, I'm actually a web developer in my full-time job, I, I know I'd, I'd love to do this full-time. I wouldn't be able to afford to. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's very much of getting square eyes most of the day. So, of course, at the start of the show, we had the do you remember question where we asked you what the scores were in the last three home matches in all competitions against Norwich City. And for a cheeky bonus, we asked you what the scores were. So, the last time we played them was October 2019 That was in the Premier League and it was dire. Do you remember? 0-0, of course. Almost a year before that exactly was a League Cup match we played and it was Junior Stanislas and Steve Cook who scored and the result was 2-1 to Bournemouth. And the third match, last but not least, January 2016 in the Premier League. How could we forget? Dan Gosling... Charlie Daniels from the penalty spot and Benicophobe a 3-0 whitewashing of the Canaries. Of course, when we've played at Carrow Road, it's it's not been so good. Anyway, let's not talk about that. Manchester City on Thursday night should be an interesting game and a chance to reacquaint ourselves with one of the best players that's ever played for the club, Nathan Ake. We'll be reviewing that on the next pod next Monday morning. And of course, we'll be taking in the championship game against Norwich. What a litmus test that is. How good are we? Have we improved? We'll find out. Thanks for listening. This has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Here's Danjuma's corner from the near side, they tried the flick, oh great finish, what a finish from Dom Solanke, a back flick at the near post into the bottom left corner, that's when you try on the training ground and doesn't often come off in matches, a moment of brilliance from Dominic Solanke and the Cherries have stunned the thousand into silence seven minutes before half time.